Welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast. I'm Ace McKay, where we want to encourage you and helping you to deepen your walk with God and your Catholic faith. We get to spotlight some of the great podcasts available to you each and every week at our Podcast Central section. When you click on EWTNRadio.net or download our mobile app, easy to take it with you wherever you go and to share with your family and friends so they also get the additional encouragement. So we're going to jump right in this week with our friends at the Catholic Influencer and, of course, coming off of Divine Mercy Sunday. Father Rob, Alicia, and Justine in this week's episode of Catholic Influencers Podcast, they're going to break open the gospel and how we can discuss ways to regain our peace. Of course, you can always listen to this full podcast and previous ones that you might have missed. Stream them anytime again at Podcast Central as we head into our Catholic influencers this week with this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influences, Father of Galia Homilies. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Guess what Sunday we're approaching? Divine Mercy Sunday. Divine Mercy Sunday, a beautiful Sunday, powerful Sunday, um, Sunday re- reflecting mercy, God's love. And it is the Sunday after Easter Sunday. And so we're well into our Easter, alleluias, not Alleluia. no longer scal- scandalous. <laughs> the guilt is gone. <laughs> the guilt is gone. For those of you who didn't hear that last week, we felt guilty saying alleluia because we hadn't, at the recording, we were still in Holy Week. Yes. So um, we jumped the gun a little bit, <laughs> but it was this, yes. for the sake of the gospel. So well, before Holy I think Week, we're all right. Yes. So, um, a, a wonderful episode, wonderful to explore the Word of God for this Sunday's upcoming readings, this Sunday upcoming gospel. So, when you go to Mass this Sunday, you should be more prepared than the priest. Okay? You should know, <laughs> know a lot more, at least have a wider scope than what the priest is going to preach about as well. Just stand up. Actually, <laughs> what you find is <laughs> in the middle of Mass, don't exactly. do that. Do According do to that. this commentator... <laughs> <laughs> Justine. No. Yeah, okay. So here's a question um, before we go into our prayer. If you were a Bible character, okay, so this is maybe something you can comment um, if you're watching on YouTube. What, if you were a Bible character, what is the character you would be, would be most like, and why? Hold on. Is the question who I would like to be like or who mm. I think I am? Um. If you were a Bible character, which one would you be? I mean, it's like yeah, it's just, yeah. Who you're most alike, I think. Oh, okay. Because yeah, okay. I was going to say, like, Martha all round, like, just yeah. the busybody to tick off that list. Like, Jesus is there, yes, but tick off the list and do the things <laughs> for Jesus, but missing, sometimes missing the point of actually being with Jesus. Yeah. 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 I think that. Do you think that's a good. Yeah, and, but yeah, uh, but also you make time to sit at the like I, I know you like yeah. and I know you spend time going to mass every day and spending time so you do you have the you're certainly a mother you're a doer but also at the same time you trying there's to be a Mary as well trying yeah so that's right so you, you have to fight for the Mary side I've seen something on social media that has like a the Mary and the Martha list like so you can list out things wow. to be like both the women I think that's a very smart yeah both and so I, I think like good balance yeah hmm. so that's good 
Well, Father Rob, strap yourself in because you're surrounded by two Marthas. <laughs> not one, but two. Dos. <laughs> yeah. Dos Martros. Yeah. I think I, I relate to her fretting, like her cleaning, and I, I give thanks to my Maltese mother, whose yes, first yes. love language is to clean anything. Uh, it's the way she loves others, and the way she likes to receive love is to clean. Um, but just And to be clean. And to be clean. And I think that's just me constantly flitting around and um, – doing a lot of things and, and some of those things are for the sake of the gospel I hope and, and hopefully they're yeah, meaningful yeah. so it's not a, it's I don't think it's a bad thing but then I think yes losing sight of what's important I, I think is sometimes um, I find it hard to stop uh, and to sit so last week's episode where you said to just go and sit before the blessed sacrament and then yeah. you'll get it you know slowly the more time you spend before the Lord the more you get addicted to it and I think yeah, yeah I need I need me some of that I need me some of that addiction mm. yeah <laughs> Jesus <laughs> yes how about you well I I would say I'm very much I associate myself very much with the with Peter and I had a feeling <laughs> you were going to say that I was like is he is he not well, it's not because he was a saint. It's because he was messed up. You know, like he was like when I do something, I do it well. But when I do something bad, I do it well, too. I'm just like, <laughs> like Peter, you know, when he when he rebels, he rebels three times, not once, like mm. three times. And when he um, does something good, then he gives it his all. And I think this is the way um, I, I see my character as well. So just always battling with Jesus, denying Jesus and coming back to him, um, putting my foot in it all the time like Peter does. But then at the same time, ready to run to him and to um, to serve him. So. so today's episode will be hosted by Martha, Martha and Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. I would love to know um, in the comments, if anyone's listening and you can yes. associate with any characters, I am very intrigued to read this. Especially the yes. Old Testament ones. And why? Give us the yeah. why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So maybe someone is like Melchizedek. Yeah. <laughs> who, who that? Yeah. <laughs> Quickly Googles it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, it would be to give us your comments will or um we'd be very interested to know mm, do it okay so let's say a prayer let's ask the lord to enter into our hearts as we pray and we welcome the lord into our pre- into his website <laughs> i'll hand over to justin, justin. Over to martha, please. martha will take care of martha, it. Please take over. <laughs> all right in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for um, being so close to us. I just thank you for um, anyone who's hit play at this moment. Lord, you, you know them by name. You know who is listening. You know why they're listening and you know what's in their heart. And um, today I just pray that you would, in some small way, use this podcast to bring peace, to bring clarity, to push people further along the journey towards you, Lord, um, and that you would use your word and everything that comes from it uh, to bring life into us, Lord. Amen. Amen. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner. And join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. Alrighty, so this week um, we are... 
breaking open. I've cut off the the gospel, Alyssa. It's John chapter twenty, <laughs> verses nineteen to thirty-one. Thank you. You Martha. had one job. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, okay, let's pray. Sorry, we'll be jumping in. Um, here we go. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I'd like the the last verse. And uh, um, very often I... I get quoted, you know, I took, I have a lot of friends and uh, good friends who are um, Protestant and also Protestant pastors. And always, always the argument is, where does it say that in the Bible? Where does it say that in the Bible? And I always quote this last verse. He said that if everything Jesus had said, everything Jesus had done had been um, written in, in the Bible, then there wouldn't be room, there wouldn't be room for any of the libraries in the world to contain it. So, um, yeah, so th- this is a beautiful s- scripture verse that reminding us of the um, uh, c- coming back to the Word of God. So I think the thing that um, kind of strikes me straight away, the first thing that comes to mind with this scripture is um, it's, you know, if we have context here and background, we obviously know we've just come through uh, Easter and the disciples had literally abandoned Jesus after saying that they would be with him, that they would always stand by him side, but they, they abandoned him in his hour of need. And Jesus meets them for the first time. And you can just anticipate, like, this is just going to be the most awkward moment ever, right? Yes. Um, and it would have probably been a moment that they were all dreading, like yes. avoiding and dreading. And yet, what were his first words to them? Not once, yes, twice to them. Peace be with you. And they would have been expecting probably rebuke or reproach because they, they knew they deserved it. They yes, ditched yes, him. Exactly. But no, he, he wanted peace for them. And I just think, gosh, if, that's, if ever you want to make an entrance or if there was one entrance in all of mankind that you would pinpoint that was the most pivotal, second to the res- resurrection, it would be this. 
Well, yeah, exactly. And the, the, the feeling that they would have had at that moment, just thinking about the, the apostles at that point, they were absolutely terrified. They were scared that they were going to get murdered, that they were going to be mm. next. But a feeling that I, when I was praying with this this afternoon, and I was just thinking about the scripture verse, the thought that like I tried to put, my, put on the mind of the apostles. And I think the first feeling I would feel is not only fear, but it would have been anger and resentment that they took away the most important person in my life, that they, the Jews, the Romans, um, should have known better, that they, they brought the worst out of me, that they, and it's sort of this blaming game that I'm sure many of them would have experienced. And this disappointment, including Thomas, Thomas reacted differently in that he went away and he thought, stuff this, you know, I'm, I'm going away. I, I've, um, I have nothing, I uh, put all my hope in it and it's failed me, so I'm going, I don't want my heart to be broken again. And this mm. is sometimes how we work with God as well. We feel disappointed by God, we feel disappointed by relationships, and then we close our heart off and we say, no, I'm not going to get allow myself to get hurt again. Mm. And we become this, the opposite of this divine mercy that God is showing and has shown the apostles. Yes, Thomas was disappointed, disillusioned. Yes, the apostles were resentful. But was Jesus any of that? Yeah. No, no he walked in and he loved them. And he spoke peace into their hearts. It's as though, like, hey, Jesus, I think you're missing a whole chapter here. Yeah. You know, like we've just abandoned you. <laughs> and yeah. But I think he even goes further than that. Like it's, you know, he, any human person i guess if someone's abandoned you like you would abandon those who abandoned you mm. but he still chose the disciples yeah. he still he met with them in that room he said peace be with you he showed them mercy and he he gave them the holy spirit to empower them to continue the mission even after they had abandoned him yes um so we can see in um this gospel reading this is john's depiction of Pe pentecost when it says that god breathed um I can't remember the exact words, but he breathed life into the disciples. He gave them the Holy Spirit. Yes. And this word for breathed is the same um, word that's used in Genesis where, the, the, I'll read the verse, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And then again, also in the book of Ezekiel, when he breathed life into the dry bones and they came alive again. Um Jesus unites the disciples to himself by giving them the Holy Spirit, which then empowers them to continue the mission. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Yes. And again, this is the Spirit that's breathed on us in baptism, the Spirit that's mm. breathed on us every time we turn to the Lord and ask for the Spirit, for the empowering of the Spirit of God. This is Ruach, another name for the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, come breath of God, breathe on me, breath of God. And so this is what the Spirit is. He knew that the, we needed the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Pentecost hadn't happened yet, okay? But why did he breathe on them if the, pen, if the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet? You see, because even at that moment, they, could, they, they received the presence of the Holy Spirit. That is the moment um, of the presence when he breathed on them. At this point, he's breathing on them, the presence of the Holy Spirit and saying, hey, you, I'm, I'm giving you my presence. But then at Pentecost, they receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the oh, empowering wow. of the Holy Spirit with the flames, the fire in their hearts, the belly in their belly. Now, many of us, many of us in baptism, in our Christian walk, stop at this point. We stop yeah. and we say, hey, I have the presence of the Holy Spirit in me. But the question I ask always, what about the power? 
Yeah. What about the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you thinking, I got the power? <laughs> you see, but what, what about the power of the Holy Spirit that many of us don't live supernatural lives? We don't expect miracles in our lives. We don't expect the divine things to happen. We don't expect the supernatural. And we don't preach with a boldness that the apostles have because we're satisfied and we rightly so should be satisfied, but not. We should be grateful, but not satisfied in a sense. We're 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 grateful, and we're satisfied with the presence of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is grieved, I believe by the fact that we don't step into His power as well. Man, I love that articulation. Receiving the presence versus the power. I think mm. that's really cool. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about Tommy Boy. Thomas, because mm-hmm. um, I, I read a little bit um, beyond a, a commentary, so I was reading a bit of a reflection that presented uh, a perspective on Thomas that I hadn't heard before, and um, it just made me realize that technically Thomas never doubts Jesus himself. It's not articulated in that way in what we read. Thomas actually doubts the word and the witness of the disciples, his friends, so that's what he's doubting. And so, uh, we know how the story goes because we've just read it. He obviously comes back to the disciples. We don't know where he's been. It's not outlined. He's come back um, and they tell him, like, we've seen Jesus. He's come back. He's not dead. And um, in that moment, Thomas kind of doesn't really believe them because I I guess he might have been thinking, well, if you've seen the risen Lord, then why are you still here? Mm. If you've um, received the presence of the Holy Spirit, then what are you waiting for? Like, why are you still here and not out there? And so he didn't doubt Jesus. Perhaps he actually just doubted the words of his friends who hadn't acted on the presence of the Spirit that they had received. And he didn't think that they were credible. And, um, I also read that there's this ancient saying, and I, and I think it in the Eastern Church, and it links to this as well. Um, if you want to know if Jesus is really risen, look around you at the faces at the at, look around you at the faces at the Easter vigil. Oh. If you want to know if Jesus is really risen, look around you at the faces at the Easter vigil. So Thomas couldn't um, read the presence of the risen Lord on their faces because they were still there. And it calls me to question, what do people see on my face? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and we need to look like, show like yes. <laughs> to the world that we know that Jesus Christ is risen and 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 we have salvation. And so when you're at the Easter Vigil this year, make sure you smile. <laughs> just make sure yeah, you don't have a RBF, you know, show yeah, some yeah, emotion yeah, right. on your face. There was, a, I, in fact, while you were talking, I had to Google quickly uh, a movie because I watched the trailer, funnily, talking about uh, pretty much what you were saying. Um, the movie Downsizing. I don't even know. Uh, th- this is basically a movie about, it ma- has Matt Damon in it, and basically they shrink. And so they're, oh, they're 200. actually little people. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> then they downsize and they sort of, if they have $100,000, their 100000 now is worth $6 million or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they're m- much richer people um, and a better life. And they go to the sales office, like the place where they downsize and where they, become, where they shrink into this small world. And the woman who's trying to sell them this product, the, the wife asks, hey, if this is ama- as amazing as you say it is, why aren't you there? Why aren't you there? Mm. And she gives this excuse. She says, because my husband has a hip replacement and the metal, um, but you can tell like it's not r- really true. And she, the, I, yeah, I don't want to um, break the rest of the story, but <laughs> no. the woman, uh, I, sorry, mute it if you don't want to know Spoiler the end of this alert. movie. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, the woman decides not to go ahead because um, she 
could see that this woman wasn't authentic. Mm. Wow. That's scary. It's if, the, you, if you apply that to yourself, mm. that someone wouldn't invite Jesus into their life because you're not authentic. Oh yeah. my gosh, that, that's terrifying to me. Yeah. And so, how important it is for us to experience the resurrection, to live in the resurrection, to be able to proclaim the resurrection. Jesus doesn't need lawyers, he needs witnesses. He doesn't mm. need people who defend other people who have had the experiences, but he needs someone who have actually had the experiences themselves. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, speaking of experiences themselves, I wanted to touch on that line um, towards the end of the gospel that says, blessed are they who have not seen and have believed. So we can see all throughout John's gospel after the resurrection, different ways in which the disciples had encountered Jesus in this very personal way, face to face. Um, Obviously, Thomas had a bit of a different um, journey, which we already spoke about. But um, I want to talk about the generations that came later on. Um, John, towards the end of the gospel, says, you know, that one of the main points of his gospel is so people who were reading this later on can from the testimonies of, of these disciples, come to their own encounter with Jesus. Um, but then he says, and I think that line that says, blessed are they who have not seen and have believed can relate to those people, those later generations. But I feel like it could also relate to people who um, still believe, even if they can't see the power of God working in their life. And mm. I think far out, like how amazing mm. to have faith like that as we've said in previous episodes we can be brats sometimes and we don't see the power of god working in our life but seriously blessed are they who have not seen and have believed yes and again uh, coming from um knowing jesus this is all impossible without knowing jesus so um yeah just grateful for for this divine mercy sunday grace grateful for his mercy towards us grateful for the resurrection but also wonderfully grateful for um, the, the witness that we're called to be, each and every one of us, a beautiful witness. The Marriage Group delivers high-quality online pre cana and natural family planning courses to thousands of couples around the world every year. Couples separated by distance, those who can't attend gathered events or weekend retreats, or couples who want to learn at their own pace love the Marriage Group's online and on-demand courses. If you're getting married in the Catholic Church, talk to your ministry leader about online pre cana If you'd like to learn about NFP from both a medical and a spiritual perspective, check out their natural family planning course taught by Kyle and Dr. Danielle Kestner. Learn why thousands of ministry leaders recommend their courses and use the code FRG15 for a 15% discount at themarriagegroup.com. Here we go. In this week's reality check, I want to talk about peace because I need it. Yeah, don't a, we all. Not a piece of pizza, but the peace Ooh, I in feel my like that soul. Too. Yeah. I'm going to talk about peace and I specifically want to talk about three ways to get your peace back because we have peace. In, in today's scripture, we read that God, you know, peace is God's resurrection gift to us where he mm. says, peace be with you. We got it but sometimes we lose it or we forget where we put it. And so today I want to talk about three ways to get your peace back. Are you ready? Yes. Drum roll. Numero uno. Number one, give up on your timing. So these ones are going to be a bit left of field because I've heard all the peace talks, you know, across years. These are going to be a little left of field. But so powerful that give up your timing. Give up your timing. Throw out your watch. (laughs) You know, sometimes we steal our own peace. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I've definitely stolen my own peace by expecting things to happen when I want them to happen. Yes. Expecting that of God, demanding that of God. Let it happen now. It should have happened yesterday. Um, well, we actually need to give up on doing that. 
You know, we need to quit on being timekeeper with God. We need to quit putting our desired outcome on prayers or requests that we give to God. Quit putting time frames on it. God is God and not me. He is good and he wants good for me. He's not the baddie. He cares about what you, what I am going through and he's doing something in it. So let's stop stealing our own peace. Put down the pen put down the stopwatch, take a breath and let the God who holds your life, let his timing unfold Mm. in your life, not you. Mm -hmm. Number two, here we go. Decide who you're going to listen to. Now, for me, this is the biggest stealer of my peace. Why? Because the devil is always going to be in your ear, whispering doubts, whispering alternatives and whispering questions into you always. That's his job. And it's actually the only thing he knows how to do. So he ain't got nothing much. And those whispers are lies, right? A hundred percent. They are lies. They're the opposite to what, what God says, because he wants to steal you away from the truth that God has from you. He wants to steal you away. He wants to steal your peace. He wants you to forfeit your peace Um, but the best part is God actually has the last say God has the peace Um, God only ever speaks in in peace and in power not the thief and so we need to get good we need to get better at recognizing the voices around us and deciding which one am I going to listen to which path am I going to feed which one am I going to go down so the question is Whose voice are you going to listen to? Not when you're feeling good and you're feeling close to Jesus, but when you're feeling down and like your peace is shaken, when you're feeling confused and maybe there is a lack of peace, when you have a big decision to make that will change your life and you're feeling a little bit unsettled, whose voice are you going to listen to? Because I think the devil's voice stands at a distance and he throws stones of doubt Mm -hmm. and steals peace. God, though, he stands with us in your doubt. He's not far Mm. from your doubt and he promises peace that the world cannot give. That's my number two, decide who you're going to listen to. And finally, number three, get your definition right. I think sometimes we lose our peace because we've got our understanding of what peace looks like all mixed up. You know, we've all bought into the lie, perhaps like me, maybe you have the lie that experiencing peace and the peace of God means that my life is going to be free from adversity. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a trial free life. But actually as Christians, that's actually the exact opposite to what Christ himself taught. You know, in, in John 16, 33, he actually assures us that we'll always have tribulation in this world. And in that same verse, as the shepherd, he says, though, I've said this to you, that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you won't have peace, but in me, you will. So Jesus came so that we would have peace in the midst of our hardship. That's that's where God is, peace that the world cannot give. And just a nice little quote from Pope St. John Paul II to wrap it up. He says, Peace is not just the absence of war. Like a cathedral, peace must be constructed patiently and with unshakable faith. Mm. So that's my three ways to get your peace back. Stop stealing your own peace. Yeah, I love the last one, especially because a lot of people think that once I'm in the right relationship, once I'm away from this sin, once I move to a different country, um, then I'm going to have my peace. And and the peace is offered to you where you are at. And the lack of peace will follow you wherever you are at. So Mm. first find peace, seek the Lord, seek his peace, seek his love, and it will follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Amen. If you've enjoyed this podcast... 
We're going to be back here again next week, same time, same place. Um, you can follow us online at on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Find all those links at our website, catholicinfluencerspodcast.com. We have online courses that you can subscribe to as well. Head to encountercourses.com for all the details about that. And did I miss anything? Um, Instagram, um, Twitter and social media. We love your comments. Tell us what saint you're most like. And um, yeah. How many Marthas are there out there? In the world? <laughs> how many Marthas are there? And how many Peters? Peters. Peter. <laughs> we'll okay. see you next week. Searching for our inner peace and how that relates to our relationship with God and relationship with others and coming this week from our friends at the Catholic Influencers. Now, if you want to hear this entirety of podcasts or previous episodes, make sure you log on to EWTNRadio.net. Just click on Podcast Central. It's there for you anytime, 24-7, and we love when you get a chance to share that with your family and friends so that each week they're also finding encouragement. When we head back from the break, we're going to jump into the message family, something we can all relate to, as there are many things that spouses tend to navigate in life. Finances, educational choices, work issues, in-laws, whatever it might be. But the X factor that makes all the difference is unity. So we'll get to that coming up next on Catholics Coast to Coast. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN Radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. We are Mike and Alicia Hernan, and we have 10 kids and grandkids too, and we are here for every parent. Because we are on a mission to empower moms and dads to embrace their sacred calling. So join the conversation. All in this together, family, we're taking a chance. Welcome to the neighborhood. Thank you for joining us today on another action-packed adventure. Uh, <laughs> of the Messy Family that's Project. Right, this is the way we roll. Um, <laughs> Goodness. It is, it is so... Uh, I always say it's so exciting, uh, but I love, I love this work. I love the fact that we get to talk about the most important things mm-hmm. in the world, being a mom and a dad, being a husband and wife. Yeah. There's no greater joy. And you um, know, I think a lot of, especially in our early episodes, a lot of what we talked about was born out of the things that we were dealing with and things that we were wrestling with, you know, with our own yeah. kids. And, and we kind of continue to do that really I, I is to kind of keep talking about the relevant issues that are, that we see not necessarily in our family, but um, sometimes in our family, but also with just the people around us. So we we relish and enjoy both the emails and the interactions because it continues to remind us of, yeah, these, these issues that were, um, were and are relevant to us. We want to keep it real, keep it fresh. And we're trying not to be so, um, you know, theoretical that it's not practical uh, for you. 
So and, heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Yeah. That we don't and, want to do that. <laughs> and, and and so this is this is uh, again born out of uh, some people's lived experience and this question and this the kind of dilemma or challenge uh, yeah. that we're going to talk about today. These are real people who are asking us these really real questions. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so we, we love that and um we um there's so many actually there's so many good things going on we um, finished with up our, our ministry. First of all, we finished up our courses for moms and dads. That's right. And so if you missed that, or if you have kids who are still kind of young and you're like, oh, I want to, you know, do this when they're 10. Hey, don't worry. We're going to yep. do them again twice a year. We're course, trying to do one in the fall, one in the spring. Would you, would you say that it was, don't it's been, <laughs> it's equally as good, um, it's equally as good. Uh, I'm flailing my hands around. And so I'm, I'm, we're sitting in an awkward whatever for those of you who are not on the video. <laughs> the moms and dads course have been awesome. At least I've really appreciated it. I've, yeah. I've been, um, each time we do it, it, it has a different flavor for me because mm -hmm. it's, it's very focused on where the yeah. dads are at, what the dads want to go to. And, sure. uh, the last, um, you know, last two sessions, particularly, we just got some really great and powerful conversations from the men. Uh, from the dads, uh, but also just mm. our speakers. You know, we had um, you know some some top notch speakers. You know, heads of ministries, heads of universities. I mean, just some people who brought some great wisdom as people fathers. who have a heart for dads. Yeah, yeah, it's and and so it, important. it was it was yeah. so so good. And oh, anyway, I, I just I love I love that. Yeah, uh, that we get the chance uh, to walk with moms Absolutely. and dads through these uh, wonderful times. Anyway, so uh, although the course is not. Um, you know, offered in the very near future, get on the waiting list because yes. the uh, the courses do fill up. They do, and we uh, we'd love to have you join us in the future. And, and we, we have did, our family board meeting course, right? And so that that uh, by the time this airs, it probably would have uh, I think already ha happened, or it would be too late maybe to join us. Mm -hmm. I forget if this is coming out the week of or the week we don't after. Know. We've lost control. I've lost I lost yeah. time on this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but but the family board meeting um, actually, in some ways, is uh, very pertinent to our conversation today. Yeah, um, so because I, I think just getting on the same page with your spouse, right? Okay, so the reason we're doing this is because I'm on this. Um, I, I I'm a creeper on a Facebook. Group. She's not a creep. <laughs> um, she just checks. No, in. there are some. I, I'm not a big Facebook person, but um, but I do like going on there to kind of see the issues that people are dealing with. Like, you know, moms and dads, like in real time, what are they struggling with? And, um, and this question came up that this mom put out there and, and it was one of those things that I went to Mike. I'm like, what do you think about this? Cause I knew he would have a really strong opinion. <laughs> I have an opinion about everything, whether he it's does, right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and insight as well. And so like a lot of things, when we had that conversation, we're like, we should make it into a podcast. <laughs> Yeah. So here we are. So anyway, all right. So here's the situation. All right. So this is real, real life mom. And I think this is very relatable to a lot of moms. Yeah. So basically sounds like she didn't say how many kids she has, but she has kids in Catholic school. Bunch of school. Bunch and of kids, she has school two kids. kids that she's refers to um, dropping them off at daycare. Okay. So little and guys, so she has, pre, uh, pre elementary. So it must be even pre preschool. Right. right? So right. she drops them off at daycare and she's like, it's the worst. You know, they cry. And it kills her to drop them off every day. And yeah. this is not, she kind of says that this isn't the life that she wanted. Right. This isn't what she wanted to do. And it sounds like financially they could make it work because if they took the kids out of Catholic school and they took them out of daycare and she stayed home and homeschooled them and that the money would all work out because if she saved, you know, think about it, you save then on gas, on convenience foods, on 
even clothing and, you know, things like that. And that's what she wants to do. She wants to do that. And she is exhausted now from working all day and then coming home with the kids. She doesn't feel like she's present. She can't care for the house. You know, she can't really make moms uh, who work, uh, you know, we would it's say it's a huge burden. It, it right. is a burden. And, and you know, it, sometimes they say, well, I have two jobs, the mom and oh, yeah. work. You're you always know, it's like you're, you're always you're always working, whether yeah. as a mom, whether sure. you're at home all day or not, you're always a mom. And right. therefore you do have two jobs and it yes. is stressful. And it is because women, uh, men can par- compartmentalize a lot easier than women can in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so therefore her heart is always. In, in, and that, and that heart being torn probably makes her even more exhausted yeah. and makes her more yeah. stressed yeah, yeah, stress yeah, yeah. out. So, draining. but this is the key right here. It's really not the fact that she's working in all of that. This is the key is that her husband disagrees with her. Okay. She wants to stay home. She wants to homeschool the kids and her husband. She said that she's tried for years to talk to her husband. She has talked to him for years and he listens to her concerns but he's very, in her words, very smart, logical, results-oriented. And so she was putting up this post because she was saying, I'm looking for more ideas to convince him. You know, and okay. she said, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. problem isn't with her work. She's like, she actually likes her work. It's a great place to be, you know, but it's just that she, she wants to be home. She wants to be at home she, with the kids. She wants she to, wants to be at home with their kids. And her husband is doesn't want her to do that. Basically, her husband is like, no, I want you to stay and I want you to, to keep working. And, and it was really sad. I mean, that's, that's a really sad post to me. So, um, and, and, and you shared that, you know, a lot of the responses that came in, Yeah, of course I'm reading the responses and almost every single person talked about what we'll call the hows and the what's, right. They you were, know, they were talking about with- like, yeah, like, Hey, here's how to justify it financially. Homeschooling is awesome. Like, you know, homeschooling is so great. Being with your kids is important. And, and you should talk to him about how much money you would save if you stayed home. You should talk to him about, you know, just the advantages of homeschooling and, that, and this is how to keep your kids Catholic and all that kind of stuff. And that just, I, I was like, uh, like it doesn't sit right with me because just as you can say, uh, everybody, all the awesome people I know homeschool, I'd say throughout the years, I've known people who homeschooled and their kids still left the faith right. or whatever. That's you not know? the silver bullet necessarily. It's a beautiful exactly. option, right? But. And, and we have homeschooled. We still are homeschooled right now, you know? And it's, it's not really about that. So it's kind of, and even like the money, it's like, I ju- it's like, it sounded like she's like going to ask for a raise or something. Like, oh, right. I'm going to go and get, bring out these spreadsheets. And, and I'm like, that doesn't seem right either well, because it is all, like you said before it, it's dealing with kind of these peripheral things right it, it's the hows and the what's it seems very uh, impersonal. not getting to the heart of it and it's just kind of like oh i, I can either trick him or negotiate or what have negotiate. you negotiate exactly i was and like, like Wait. you shouldn't be negotiating with your lover and beloved like lovers yeah. and beloveds don't negotiate you and, know? And, and when you shared this with me my first reaction was they should have had this conversation before they got married or very right. early in their marriage, right? Because because ideally, the big picture of your life, where you're going with your family, what you believe family is, because today- right? because age, she's like, this has always been on my heart. Right, so it's if like, it's always how? been, how did you not talk? And, and again, this isn't a critical of her, but it's like, uh, just for everybody, right? We for should have- young people listening right now. Yeah, anybody yeah. who's engaged early in your marriage. Right. What does that look like? 
is mom going to stay at home? And maybe this you is a new thing that came up. Maybe things change. You know, who knows what happens, right? Yeah. Um, but but the ideal is you start with that before you get into marriage. Because today yes. in our world, the definition of love, of what marriage really yeah. is, what family life is all about, yeah. how you're going to be a mom and a dad, don't take anything for granted. There are a lot of assumptions that we make. Mm-hmm. Don't just assume your spouse is on the same page. Have these conversations. Your future spouse is on the same page. Yeah, ideally, it's, yeah. it's, it's pre-marriage that you have at least the same basic vision of what marriage right. and family life looks like, because this is going to be the place where you're going to be collaborating and working together more than anything else, right? right? But that's not where she is, right? So, so that's the ideal that you have that conversation and you're united in it early on. But what does she and, do and now? Well, well <laughs> the thing is, though, is that I, I do want to say that in general, I think that when for Catholic couples, all right, and please hear what I'm saying, hear the whole sentence here, okay? For Catholic couples, I think it is not wrong. It may be good to start with the assumption that the husband is going to be providing in that he, his burden is going to be providing and that a woman's burden is going to be caring for the children because by her, she can't get away of, from being pregnant. You right, know what I mean? Right, she, right, she's right. going to be pregnant. She's, if you have kids, your wife is going to be the one who carries them. Yeah. She's going to be the one that goes through labor or whatever, you and, know? And, and, and hear us when we say this, that we're talking about kind of universal principles yes. that can need to be applied in particular situations. Right. right. And I, but I do the universal think, truths are still there. Right. And, and, but, so this is why I say, listen, to the whole thing is that I am not saying that every family is a cookie cutter. Dad works, mom stays at home full time. But I do think that it is written. Whoops. Sorry, I had a timer go off. <laughs> it, it is written on our very bodies that women bear life, right? right? And that men engage with the world by their you know, right. strength and their physicality. But I think when you start there, then you make exceptions for your particular situation, for your season right. in you life. You apply it in a unique uh, way. Exactly, right? exactly. You apply and it there together. there are seasons, right? Because, uh, and, and maybe we'll, we'll get into this more, but it's like, okay, there are saints, Zelly uh, and Lewis Martin, who both worked outside the home, who had their kids in childcare with a nanny, right? right. I mean, um, but it-, it, it You but, know, there are kings and queens that were saints who they had servants who helped them take care of the children. That's like, right. That's like, it, it's not a condition of sainthood. But, but you, there, but there, but there is home. something written upon our hearts and our physical bodies right. that, okay, women physically can nurture life. And that reflects a natural disposition of women to be more nurturing, both right. emotionally as well as, you know, naturally in, in physical life, right? And there is something written uh, on the, 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 the body of men and in our hearts that is for protection and provision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that isn't that isn't uh, trying to put us in some kind of stereotypical bucket. And that doesn't right. mean that everyone fits some cookie cutter mold, as you said. Right. But there is a truth there that we would ignore at our own peril. Right. Because there of is, our very nature as yeah. men and women. And, and so yeah. but that that nature doesn't necessarily mean, oh, therefore every dad is a right. hunter, farmer guy. You know, <laughs> that, that doesn't mean that every mom is wearing a a, a, a jumper and a right. you know right. homeschooling our kids and you know has this that's not what we're talking about but there is something very beautiful and you use the word burden and that's the way i love to talk about it. it's like yeah does um should she be listening to her husband 
Right. And, because and, and, then, because in my mind, what I was, what I was kind of thinking is that at first my question will is like, okay, well, what is she supposed to do? You know, should she be submitting to her husband in this area? Like, what's the role then of, of like the husband leading in the household, like talking about like right. these roles of, of, you know, like in the home, if his role is provider and he's maybe he feels like he's being a provider and he's like, look, you have to work because I we need, need to provide. Ex- we need this extra income to provide right. for this family, like uh, assuming the best right about this husband and that. And so should she submit to that, you know? And so I was having this like, you know, because there, there is a right place and scripture talks about submitting. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and there is a false notion, I think, in good Christian circles right. where the submissive wife and there's a truth to that submissive wife role. But scripture talks about mutual submission. Scripture and, talks about both. Yeah. Right. And, and it's about each other dying to oneself right. in order for love of another, because right. ultimately in marriage, you're supposed to take your gifts, your talents, your power and submit it to the others. Now, I'm going to, and then both of you together offering that up, right? right? And, and so recognizing that there is a truth to submitting, mm-hmm. but it isn't submitting everything. And it unconditionally. Isn't, and and it, yeah. well, it's like you submit unconditionally to God. Yes. Um, but there's a, there's a part of me that, that bristles when, you know, as a father of six daughters, <laughs> as well as a, married to a very strong woman. <laughs> and uh, being raised by a strong woman. <laughs> and, being, and, and so I look at that and I say, don't tell me that there is simply a man who's going to tell a woman that yeah, this is the that only the thing. thing you can do. I was do. like, that just kind of made me Like, you know what I mean? So like, there's like, a power. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, there's something that feels really wrong. Like I'm thinking, putting myself in her shoes and I'm like, what if I wanted to stay home? And basically my husband's like making me go to work when I want to stay home. I'm like, that's not okay. Right. Like that, that is not, it, it's really not. Right. It, it's really not because he, it is not for a husband to be a good leader. He cannot be a good leader without listening to his wife. Right. That's, that's not his role. His role is not, I know everything. You do what I say, and I'm going to ignore your desires and your advice. I'm like, that's not, that's not what that means. All good leaders, regardless of in the home or not, have to have people following, right? Right. And and, and I'm not to say that, again, I do believe there's a headship that is unique and a burden that men have to lead, right, Right. Um, in the home. It's not just but, a power, but, but, but it's but a it's, responsibility it, and a burden. It's a yeah. burden and, and, and with great power comes great responsibility, right? <laughs> and, but, but in that situation, I need to recognize that this power is meant for the good of others. Exactly. That this burden is meant as a service to all, right? And, and it's right. like, but does that mean that the dad has exclusive wisdom? For everything yeah. in the family? Of course yeah. not. Does that mean mom does? Of course not. Is there fatherly intuition as there is motherly intuition? Of course, right? Yeah. Is there a natural ordering of things? Because um, again, we talked about this just a moment ago, but it's like if men are more oriented towards uh, maybe provision, women mm-hmm. are more ordered towards nurturing. And again, yeah. 
That doesn't mean- You it, need both. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> which do you need more, your head or your heart? Yeah. You know? um, and, right. and I think that when we recognize both of these are necessary for the life of the home, yeah. there's this beautiful sense of complementarity that God ordered. You know, um, you know, there, there's so many great poems from the saints. You know, a woman did not come forth from the head so that she might dominate him. Men uh, did not come from his foot that she might be beneath him, but came forth from his rib, from his side that she might be equal Mm -hmm. uh, with him. And there is, the, and I, I think, shoot, I should have looked that up. I think it was but same, it's under his child. arm to be protected by him near right. his heart to be loved by him. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's this, this, this kind of complementarity and equality, but there is a distinction in yeah. roles. It's like, do I look at you and say, and in certain situations, I may have greater wisdom in relationships, but as a whole, mm -hmm. you have a heart, like just last night saying to me, uh, Hey, honey, can I finish this work? And you're like, <laughs> no, you can't. You got to go and hang out with your sons, you know? You got to bring that out. Yeah, he was asked, but you very sweetly and wisely, because you are a wise leader, you said, can I go and finish, finish up some this work project? with Messy Family because I was sick last week? And I said, no, you can't. Yeah. And then you were kind of getting angry. like, hey, 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 I was asking a question. I wasn't making a declaration. You did, you did. Because that's what a good, I, I mean, in all right. honesty, but that, right. that's, that, that's what a leader needs to do. Yeah. Is take, Actually, you know what I was thinking of is that I was thinking of, we have to make a decision for the ministry. And I was thinking one thing. And then Mike went and talked to the team and the team had a different take that was different than mine. And I said to Mike, and I'm like, well, I, I don't, you know, I don't agree. I don't agree, but I would be stupid to not take the advice of the people that work for us. Cause I'm not going to take their advice. And why, why, are, they, why are they there? Right. <laughs> you know? And it's like, and then we've talked it out or whatever. We were right. able to get on the same page and, and work together and whatever. But there's a real truth in that. It's right, just like, why? It's just back you know, and forth. It's a natural back and exactly, forth. It's supposed exactly. to be that dynamic. It's supposed to be that dance. Right. Because uh, what I've found over and over, and it is getting a little bit off the particular question, but just to the bigger I've macro. I've never stopped us before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but, it, but it, it, it's about getting to something that we couldn't do on our own, right? You're not married right. so that you can just go off and do the things the way you would do them when you were, before you were married. Or before and, and, you had children. And, and and I want you to be, and, and God desires us to be even more fruitful. And that's both physical uh, fruit in mm -hmm. our, our children, the natural uh, offspring uh, yeah. of that marriage. But it's also in the fruit of this, these two ideas saying, okay, here we are. Mm -hmm. Are we going to, you know, just knock heads and, yeah. and, 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 and be, you know, competing and in right. conflict? Or are we going to say, wait, I'm coming from this position. I have a valid concern. I'm going to just take the dad's position. We don't know any of this situation. So right. dad's like, I have a burden to provide and protect. And my family, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm supposing on things. My family didn't have this. We didn't have security. Right. And, and I am, That's I am true. stressed right. out. Right. I am overly concerned with the common, welfare yeah. of our kids. I care about their, their education. Right. I care about all these things. And I've done the numbers. They don't add up without your income being included in that. Right. And this is a burden that the dad has. Right. Right. The mom comes at it and says, yeah, but mm -hmm. you're talking about this. I'm talking about the relationship, the, the, not only my longing in my heart for my kids, but also laying down my life. And so that our kids can be well loved. They can be delighted in. What that is they the can most be, important thing? You know, cared for as only a mom can do. And so you have these two things. They're they're both goods. Yes. And it's the, the, what we want to say is that okay, you each have both by 
your maleness and your femaleness, by your momhood and your fatherhood, you have- I think it's called motherhood. Motherhood, whatever. I like momhood <laughs> and dadhood. Yeah. Um, but the, the, they're both bringing yeah. a unique disposition that is yes. right. Yes. But if you look at it and say, we are here competing and trying to negotiate or compromise with each other, no. that's the wrong attitude. It totally. We want to build something new that we couldn't have done on our own. And you know, I I really, if I were to talk to this woman and it was, if I were to talk to this this lady and it was like an anonymous post, so I don't know, I don't know who she is or whatever, I can't contact her. But um, I would encourage her to recognize the genius that she has as a woman. That's right. And that her husband needs to learn to recognize her genius. She needs to step into who God has made her yeah. as a woman, as a mother, and really in a in a in the best way possible, fight as Saint Joan would have fought, yeah, you know, yeah. or Saint Catherine, you know, uh, Saint Catherine of Siena, or you know, or Teresa of Avila, like to fight for what is good and right in the needs that you see for your children. And right. I just had this picture in my mind, like if she was a young woman that I was talking to, I would sit her down and say, "Look, ask your husband that you can go at the two of you go out to dinner, have a wonderful time together, just love on him, build him up." And then during dinner, just say, I'm going to quit my job. You you were called for great things in your marriage and your family is made for something great like today. Your kids need you to be united. This is going to be the greatest force for good in your family when you can do this. And again, we encourage you to consider the family board meeting as a tool to help you drive towards that unity. So there's the um, podcast and there's free resources on our website. You can just go in there and just search family board meeting on the website and our free downloads will be made available to you. Awesome. Why don't you say Close prayer? The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be in the hearts and the minds of all the couples who are listening to this, that their marriages would be strengthened, that their hearts would be united in a new and more powerful way, that they might see the burdens, the challenges of their spouse, and that they might be willing to lay down their lives, that they might be willing to be creative um, in coming up with better solutions to provide for and respond to the needs of their family and the calling that God has placed on them. Our Lord, thank you for the gift of family. Thank you for the gift of community. Uh, thank you for the gift of our spouses. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. I love bouncing around the idea of this week's Messy Family on that it's better to be wrong together than right alone. So if you want to hear that entire podcast, The Messy Family, always available with new episodes every week at our podcast central, just go to EWTNradio.net. That way you can stream it, subscribe, and you never miss future episodes. And each and every week, we'll bring you new spotlights of some of the great programs that you can get in addition to what's happening on EWTN Radio. You can take it with you on demand, share with your friends, and be encouraged this week. I'll see you back next weekend. In the meantime, remember to let God define who you are, and thanks for hanging out with Catholics Coast to Coast.